0: Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now, please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush. Your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is Tuesday night. It's 7 p.m. You know where you're supposed to be. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Why are we on so late? Because we have language. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there is a little bit of colorful language in the Raw and Unscripted Show. Because why? Because we're adults and uh, we speak that way sometimes. And if it's for you, great. And if it's not, then uh, please excuse yourself and go watch another show because this is all about passion, vulnerability, transparency, kick-ass, unstoppable
1: excitement.
0: That's what we're about here on the Raw and Unscripted Show. No matter what we're doing, no matter what we're feeling, we bring it. And the point of this show is really to get to the raw and the unscripted facts and truth about what is holding us back in life. Really, truly, it's about seeing ourselves in a different form of light so we can become stronger, right? I talk about, you know, overcoming your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And to me, that means that you got to get out of your way. And how do you get out of your own way? You get out of your own way with the truth. You get out of your own way when you have enough pain and enough leverage in your life to make the transition from being comfortably miserable to being, oh my God, I'm going to be kick-ass unstoppable. I'm going to have confidence. I'm going to go after my dreams. I'm going to stop with my excuses. I'm going to stop with putting off everything off until someday, right? If you guys are playing the someday game where you're hoping hoping and wishing and praying that something turns out differently, yet you're not doing anything different, you're not getting real with your problems, you're not getting to the root cause of your problems, guess what, guys? You're likely to stay the same. And I hate to say that to you, but that is the truth. I have been coaching and speaking and mentoring for many, many, many years now. And I have truly found that uh, for a lot of people, they won't change until the pain becomes so great that they realize that they have to do something instead of um, deciding to do something proactively. And that's one of the things we're gonna be talking about on our show tonight because we're excited to have a guest on tonight talking about something very serious through covid through uh since march in, and i've been doing my show for this Ross, ron and scripted show i've been doing now for about two years um but recently up until when COVID started um, it's really been an opportunity to, to delve deep into some serious issues. And, uh, and you guys know, I love to have fun. You guys know, I love to, uh, bring on exciting people who have done a lot of stuff. I mean, we had the un- unstoppable, uh, Tracy Schmidt on recently. If you did not see that broadcast, please go back and watch it. I promise you, you will be inspired. The unstoppable Tracy Schmidt. It was a few episodes ago. You guys can check it out on my YouTube. Let me know if you need the link to that, but uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about uh, mental health. We're going to be talking about post traumatic stress disorder. We're going to be talking about the seriousness of what has been happening with COVID and in our lives in general, and how we can reshape our perspectives to be positive. How we can reshape ourselves, our perspectives to not be in a victim mindset. And I'm so pleased to have with me a dear friend of mine that I've gotten to know over the last few years, who is a tremendous advocate in the world of mental health and PTSD. Um, I'm happy to bring on this the show. Jean-Guy Poirier Jean-Guy how are you sir
1: I'm doing well Christopher how are you tonight
0: I'm doing good man I'm really appreciative of you being here I know it's late there in Toronto it's 10 o'clock there so thank you so much for sticking with me and wanting to be live on the show I know we could have recorded it but I so appreciate you brother being here and uh, we got Crystal Rye already in the in the house what's up Crystal great to see you um, so let's just jump right into it, man. I mean, this is a very serious t- conversation and I know that you have been a huge advocate. I know you have gone through, uh, different situations in your own story. Talk to us about what PTSD is not. I know a lot of people say it's post-traumatic stress disorder, but what is it not? Let's clarify that first.
1: That's right. Christopher, um, what PTSD is not, is it's not something that it's not something that you're wearing on your sleeve. It's not something that people are seeing in your face. It's not something that people are. Unfortunately, it's like many of the other mental illnesses, and it goes unnoticed because it, it's too easy to hide. And it's it's something that, um, I mean, we'll get we'll get to this later, but it's something where people feel the stigma that surrounds it, and they don't want to say anything. It's not what um, whether well, PTSD is also not. There's no there's no reason why it falls at certain times. There's no reason why it happens the way it does. I mean, there's reasons, obviously. There's trauma behind it. Don't get me wrong. But, you, I mean, if you had PTSD, if your neighbor had PTSD and I had PTSD, we're going to experience the same symptoms, but we're going to do it at all different times. There is no – it's not like developing a um, – an illness or, or a sickness, you know, where certain things fall, you know, in line, there's certain signs and symptoms when it comes to PTSD, there's 17 signs and symptoms and they're all over the map.
0: (laughs) That's a great point, man. And I appreciate you saying that because that's one of the things that I really like to uncover is is what something is and what something isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to us about that experience for you. What got you into being an advocate for PTSD and what some of your stories that you might have gone
1: through? Well, um, I was diagnosed with PTSD back in 2017. Um, I did 11 years on the fire department. And as you can imagine, we uh, experienced all kinds of all kinds of trauma. And unfortunately, what happens and a lot of people get caught up in it is there's not a lot of time to process and there's not a lot of time to figure out what you may have seen and what you didn't see and try to move on to the next call, because um in two or three days or in a week you're gonna get another one you're gonna get slammed with another one and no two calls are the same everything is different nothing's gonna be everything, the only thing that's gonna be the same is the fact that you're probably facing either a death whatever it may be something traumatic somebody losing their house whatever it may be it's all traumatic let's face it anything you respond to at the fire department is a trauma to somebody You know, you are going to... You are responding to people on days where they're having probably the worst day of their life. Right? And and you're part of it. Um, I always joke around with a lot of guys where, you know... Yeah, you get to drive the big red trucks and you get to run the sirens and the lights, but you're not going to birthday parties. You're not going to anniversaries. You're never going to anything that... You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing a lot of times. And unfortunately... The trauma catches up with you. And like I said, you put it behind you, you put it behind you, you put it behind you until one day things start changing for you. And that's what happened to me back, probably in early two thousand and sixteen. I was what a year before I got diagnosed. And uh, you start noticing some small changes. You start noticing some changes in the way you behave. You start noticing some changes in, your memory, your memory lapses, you know, and you, you know, you look at your, a lot of times you look at, I looked at my age and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just getting older, whatever, you know, (laughs) you kind of chalk it up to different things. And then other things start kind of falling apart a little bit slowly. Um, And I think the worst part of it all is there's nothing you can do to, at first, when you're, before you're diagnosed, there's nothing you can do to alleviate these symptoms, As long as you can take an Advil and your headache goes away or, Mm -hmm. you know, you could, you know, go get some fresh air and you feel better about something. You don't know what's happening at first. Um, What are some of those
0: symptoms? Yeah.
1: Well, some of the symptoms, I mean, like I said, the first one, the first one that a lot of people notice is is either anger or irritability. Those are kind of two that go hand in hand. And those are ones that people, the anger is a big one. People will notice that their behavior changes. Um, they become irritable. They become a little more tense. They they react to things a little bit differently than they used to. They lose their patience. Um, another big one for me was memory loss. Um, mm-hmm. I worked in a field for 15 years prior to being diagnosed. Um, and uh, I knew everybody's name. I knew everybody's phone number, for crying out loud. And it, it's very embarrassing when these people start coming to the counter and you really don't remember their name. Wow. And it, And it's not – I mean, we can get into – all the different signs and symptoms, but a couple big ones are the memory loss is a big one, anger, irritability, and then other ones start following suit. Once you start getting into them, you, you know, you, you develop, you know, the panic attacks or the nightmares maybe, or the flashbacks. Um, like I said, you, you run through them all and it's, uh, it's a tough road to hoe. a tough road to hoe, Definitely. Because, um, at first you're, you're kind of on your own. Um, you're kind of on your own because you don't want to come out and tell you anything to anybody right away because you're trying to figure it out for yourself. And to be honest with you, everybody goes through this is you're pretty much denying it at first and, and it's not, it's not right. You know, I won't go back now. You know, if I had to go back now, that would be the last thing I would do obviously is, is deny it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that follow it. And it's, like I said, there's no pattern to it. There's no, you could be having a great day, great week, and all of a sudden, even nowadays, even a few years down the road. I mean, I've got I've gotten lots of help. I've gotten, you know, I've helped lots of people. I, I can stream things a little bit differently now. And it's not a matter of, do you ever get over PTSD? No. You just learn how to deal with it. You learn how to work through it. And you learn the tools, right? you put the tools in your toolbox and you figure it out. When something happens, you know what to do. Or you, or you got a better idea. Whereas at first, when you're first diagnosed, you're kind of slapped hmm. in the face with all the symptoms. And you don't know what to do
0: yeah i've I've, I've had i've had a lot of friends who have experienced that mostly from overseas um warfare being involved in the military Mm -hmm. uh, coming back with that and then also some other varying situations so you're i can understand what you're definitely saying is that you could have three people in the room who could say i have a diagnosis of ptsd however there's going to be different um triggers there's going to be different um events that are going to be happening so Mm -hmm. i can definitely understand in in the person's mind, like, you know, am I going crazy? What the hell is going on with me? Because just a few minutes ago, I was fine. And now I'm dealing with all these various symptoms. Um, I can imagine that would be highly scary. And again, um, very vulnerable to share with somebody like saying, okay, hey, listen, I've got this going on. But do you think, Zhangi, in in now the world is a lot more open place, and we're talking a lot, a lot more transparently t- transparently about things, Do you see that people are feeling more confident now that that people have been talking about it more to be able to say, hey, listen, I've got a little bit of that. Are people still fearful of being seen as having a problem or or being weird or something like that?
1: I think uh, I'd like to say we're a lot more open about it now. Um, But to be honest with you, I think a lot of, I mean... I can put certain services aside. I can put the military side. I can put fire department side, police department side. There's going to be people that are going to come out. There's going to be people that are going to come out and talk about it, but I still think the majority of it is keep keeping getting swept under the rug. I still think that people are like, no, if, if, if I don't admit to it, that I don't have it. Right. There's, I mean, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people I know, I mean, there's people that I've met that haven't been in services, haven't been in, you know, fire service or anything or military. And the problem lies on the other end. They're not afraid to come out and talk about it. But they're ashamed. Mm. They're ashamed because they weren't in a service. They're ashamed because they don't feel. And I, I face this, you know, I had people in my group that felt this way. Well, you were a firefighter. I just have PTSD because of, I lost a relative it doesn't matter why you, why you have trauma. Trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have any rules. It doesn't have any, you know, anything should be no stigma attached to it. Just because my trauma is different than your trauma. It's still trauma, Mm -hmm. right? You can still get PTSD. It doesn't mean that, I mean, a lot of people associated obviously at the beginning with military and shell shock, right? It came as shell shock first and then it developed into, you know, a little better term, I guess, PTSD, but but it always stuck to services and stuck to police, fire, you know, EMS, you know, doctors, whatever it was, military. And then kind of where my group steered to was, I was starting to realize there's a lot of people out there that aren't in an emergency field. They aren't in a service and they're having the same problems that I'm having. So that's kind of where, I mean, we can go that way after, but that's kind of where the group started. Cause I was like, you know what? It doesn't just happen to people. The problem is, It's happening to the service people, and those are the people that are likely not saying anything (laughs) the most, right? It's the people that are down here every day that just think that maybe something's wrong with them because, you know, they lost a family member or they they saw a family member pass away, and that's where their trauma from. And they don't feel as though – I hate to use this word, and I've told people to stop using it, but some people just don't feel worthy of it. You don't have to feel worthy of a mental illness. If you have the symptoms of the signs of the mental illness, then you have the mental illness. You can't wrap it around, it's associated with certain people because when it comes to PTSD, it doesn't care. It doesn't care who it is, you know, and take yourself for instance, you could have had trauma in the past, you know, 20 years that you could have faced the exact same trauma as I did and you'd have no problem, Mm -hmm. right? It's all how our brain processes it. It's all how our brain tries to process it at the time. And if it doesn't, it just kind of keeps it stored back there. And then after it just builds up and builds up, you just keep piling the shit on and on and on and on and (laughs) on. And eventually, you know, it just flushes out and everything, everything comes out and just hits you like a bag of bricks. And you start remembering Mm -hmm. things that you never thought you'd remember. And that's the problem with that's the problem with the memory loss between between us. I would like to forget all the trauma, but that's the only shit that I was remembering, <laughs> right? I yeah. forgot all the important stuff. I forget all the important stuff. And I remember all the stuff that was causing the issue. But I, I say this thing to my group a lot of times and as, as fascinating as, as the human brain is, it's not our friend a lot of times. It is not our friend. No, It, it is not there to make us happy. Um, it comes up with, it comes up with solutions to problems where we're mind wanders and we come up with shit where we worry about, and it makes no sense at all. Um, our brain is like a, it's kind of like a math equation. It needs an answer and it'll come up with it. And that's the problem where a lot of us worry and a lot of us get anxiety and a lot of us, because our, our brains just are constantly, constantly fired up. Right. And they're constantly geared up and, it could be for no reason at all. And it, you you know, you don't realize it, you know, my early stages of PTSD, you don't realize it in the fact that, you know, you're going to bed at three, four in the morning and you're getting up at six, seven because your brain is not turning off. Mm -hmm. It's not turning Mm -hmm. off. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, those are just a couple ideas, but
0: yeah. No, I appreciate you saying that dude, because, You know, I asked you before we went live, I'm like, is there anything I can't can't ask you? And you said, no, I'm an open book because I personally have struggled over the years. I'm much better at understanding it now. But like I said at the beginning of the show, my tagline is was helping people overcome their self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And sometimes I believe that that self-created crap is the stories that we keep telling ourselves. Now, one thing I kind of want to understand from you And because I don't, I honestly, I don't know if I had it. I I know I have a lot of trauma in my past from my past experiences. I'm very good at not remembering the bad things. Like I'm writing my book right now about Mm -hmm. me and my mom or about my mother and I, I should say properly, and I'm having trouble remembering some of the most challenging uh, stories and some of the memories. And I'm wondering, like, have I packed that away so well? That one day I'm going to sit there, you know, it's all going to come back to me. And down the road, I want to talk to you about um, alternative medicines to kind of help with PTSD. But you know, like you were saying, the vicious circle. Like, okay, I'm feeling this anxiety, I'm feeling weird, and it just we we put ourselves in this potential this potential um, vicious cycle. And you know, isn't it up to us to stop and break that cycle, or is that something that somebody with PTSD just can't do?
1: Well, that's that's the big problem, right? The problem with PTSD is your your brain is working on overdrive and it, and, it's, and it's fueling on this anxiety and it fuels, it's fueling on this panic and it's fueling on all of this and it doesn't give you a chance to just sit down and go, wait a minute, that stuff is not bothering me. It's not supposed to bother me. Yes, I remember it, but it didn't bother me at the time. Why is it bothering me now? And the more, it's kind of like... It's kind of like when you dwell on something. The more your brain starts thinking about the trauma, the more it's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, remember that. Remember that." And it just keeps going down the rabbit hole. Just exactly, and it just keeps putting it on and on and on. I mean, we go back. I mean, I could say this till I'm blue in the face, but we go back to the point where, if we had a switch and we could just turn it off, and and, I mean, we likely wouldn't have the issue we do with some of these mental illnesses if we could just turn a switch off for half an hour and go okay i mean i mean that's where we get into meditation that's where we get into you know relaxation and breathing techniques and stuff like that right and and that works but between you and i those i mean it's easy to say okay christopher every day for a half an hour i need you to meditate every day for a half an hour i need you to do breathing exercises but but they're hard as fuck. those are they are a learned behavior they are not just oh, I, i'm gonna do it and meditate today it doesn't work like that that is not how meditation works i mean it's it works in like 10 second intervals, right? You sit there for 10 seconds and it's quiet. Well, you try for 20 seconds. Oh, your mind wanders. Start over again. Mm-hmm. Work your way again. Okay, my mind wandered again after a minute. Come back to it again. And it's 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 a tough, it's a tough goal, but it's it's something that's it's definitely helpful. Um, but when it comes to you talked about your trauma and you talked about are you packing it away? You definitely could be. It, it, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason where you can say, you know what? Someday this may just all come out. Someday <laughs> it may not. We, we have no idea, right? I did 11 years on the fire service and after 10 years, and I, I was involved in some pretty interesting stuff. Um, and some people would say, what do you remember the most? Or what's the biggest trauma you think you remember? I'm like, well, do you want to know the biggest trauma I was at or do you want to know the one I remember the most? Because they're not the same. Yeah, right, because, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, I attended a I attended a motor vehicle accident where 11 people passed away oh and God. somebody would say, that's pretty traumatic. Yes, it was. But I was also at a different one where only one person passed away or somebody lost their whole house in their barn. That was traumatic because that was their livelihood, too. That was their whole, you know, that was how they feed their family, that they lost their home. They lost their possessions. They lost. And somebody would say, well, their possessions. No, it's a livelihood, right? It's a livelihood as well. You know, they, you know, have three hundred head of cattle. They lose them all. That's a big deal for some people. I mean, that's some that's traumatic. That's really traumatic for somebody that lose all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, death is definitely traumatic. But unfortunately, when you're involved in some of these services, and you could I could attest to this with some of your friends overseas, probably that you just kind of keep moving your way on, and you just keep kind of okay, you know, take a day or two to kind of get through that one and, you know, keep moving on, right? I mean, the hardest ones probably were, are ones where you know, there's families involved, right? Because I had a young family at the oh, time. So when there's families involved, there's kids involved, right? But there's no way to say that your trauma is any different than anybody else's, Christopher. There's no way to say that you're having a hard time remembering it. It may be because you packed it away it may also be because you processed it already and you just, you have no reason to bring it back or
0: you mm-hmm. have no
1: reason to remember it right now, you know, and that's kind of the brain's way of protecting you at the same time. Right. And a lot of the memory loss, we go back to the memory loss and the memory loss happens for, for one reason. This is the only time your brain's trying to protect you. So write it down. <laughs> <laughs> what what's your brain's trying to do is, it's trying to block the receptors it's trying to block the memory receptors so you don't remember the bad stuff right but unfortunately it doesn't your brain doesn't know trauma from from the day you you know you you know you had hundred balloons at your birthday party it doesn't know the difference so it just starts taking memories and it just starts blocking them mm. right it doesn't know bad from good good from bad bad from good it just knows memories this is the memory section and it blocks it Right, So that's when people start remembering names, they, start, they stop remembering birthdays, they stop remembering phone numbers, stuff they always knew because it's not that they just don't remember anymore or they don't care. It's because their brain at this point is trying to protect them. Mm. And like I said, this is the mm. only time your brain is trying to help you, I believe. I'm a firm believer that this thing is not our friend. I've yeah, learned I mean... that over the years.
0: I mean, I, I would agree with you and I would also disagree at the same time because I, it, it is, it is what we make it to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, definitely understand because my brain has not been my best friend most of my life, but through very, very committed, dedicated work, both with psychiatrists, sociologists, therapists, coaches, you name it. I have really worked very hard to, like you said, unpack my bags, make sure that I'm good. Um, So I so I look at it. I look at it as a sense of responsibility. And I have found people on all sorts of the spectrum with PTSD. I found the people that have been through major, major stuff. And they're like, yes, I've been diagnosed with it. But this is how I process. And this is why I choose to do it. And this is my regimen for for tackling it. I know when I have a trigger, I know I do these 17 things and they have a list and they know they go to it, they do it and it gets them out of it. Whereas those same people will say, you know, the other people piss me off and they're just like, oh, my God, I'm having an episode again. I don't know what to do. Somebody please help me. And I've had these people tell me this and I'm like, okay, it's odd for somebody with PTSD to tell me that some of the people with PTSD are not doing their responsibility, taking their role as far as becoming healthier and stronger what do you say to that do you, do you do you do you understand that do you see that is there a reason for that, or is i, it just a separate I
1: see that um and, it, and that's a tough one to, to talk about because yeah. i'm all about trying to obviously we're here to try to help people right and we're here to but we both know that when it comes to coaching when it comes to helping people when it comes to peer support not everybody wants to be helped right? And I've come to the realization and there's going to be people out there that are probably going to turn this off right now. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I do apologize, but some people just get stuck. I think some people get stuck and they get comfortable. We're humans. We like comfort. We like to be comfortable, right? But you and I both know if I sit on the couch every day and complain about what's wrong with me, nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change, right? Right? If you want to have different results, you must do different things, right? You can't do the same thing and expect different results. It does not happen that way. So for the people that that I try to help, for the people that say, well, that's not going to work, that's not going to work, or I tried that for a couple days. I'm sorry. I've been working on it for three years, and I don't have it nailed down yet, right? So it's a matter of trying, but I've come to a realization, and I give it my all. But there's a point whenever you have to say, I don't know if I can help them. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I can. Right? Because you and I both know you have to want to help yourself. You have to want it. Right? right. And I could have done the same thing. I could have stayed in my basement and, you know, stayed on my couch and ate bags of potato chips all day and watched Netflix and just said, you know what? PTSD has got me. Whatever. I'll just stay like this for a while why i mean i'm sorry this is a topic where it kind of it kind of frustrates me at the same time because if you're complaining about it and you want to change it i can't make you change it i can't do that right only you can change mm-hmm. it yeah. right and it's tough because it takes a lot of work it's hard work it's a job to come out of this right it's a job Good. to 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 have better health it's a job to be you know in better shape. It's, it's better fitness. It's job to have better mental health. It's work. And unfortunately, like I said, humans are comfortable. And when we get comfortable, we're like, nah, this is not so bad. You know, I'll take my medication. I'll, you know, I'll try to do my breathing exercises. And if it doesn't work after three minutes, I'm like, oh, what the hell? I, I won't do it today. I'll try it again tomorrow again. Anyway, there's lots on TV I could be bothered with. So I'll just do that instead. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it's unfortunate. And but I, I've racked my brain over the last few years trying to, and I mean, you can pro- you're probably guilty of this too, trying to help everybody. Oh, Jesus You want Christ, to help dude. everybody. <laughs> yeah, for right? a long time I was. Yep. You want to, and then you get to the point where you're like, you know what? I've got a lot of energy, and I can help a lot of people. But when it starts exhausting you, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I've thrown everything at this person, I've got nothing left. If this isn't working, I, I don't, obviously, I, there's something that I'm either doing wrong or they might just not want it. may it's not want not it time. bad enough. Yeah. It's, right? just, it's, just
0: not their, it's just not their time.
1: It's not their I mean, time. And, and it's true. Not everybody's ready. And not everybody. I mean, we talk about this in our group. We talk about some people be like, well, you're a lot further along in your journey. No, I'm not further along. I started before you. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. We're at different points, right? I'm not better. I don't know different things. I have different tools because I'm further along, right? I mean, it comes down to this one um, story that I tell my group and I've told people at, you know, at speeches and stuff like that, where the, the guy falls in the hole, right? And he's got his arm lifting up in the air and First guy walks by and he looks down. He's like, I can't help you, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I've never been in there before. I can't help you. So he walks by and another person walks by and does the same thing. And finally, the last guy walks by and he jumps down in the hole. The guy goes, what are you doing down here? We can't get out of here. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in this hole. He's like, I've been here before. I can show you how to do this. Hmm. Right? Jump in, give the person a hand. I mean, we throw everything we got at people to try to help them. But there's a point when you have to pull back and go, you know what? I need some of that energy too, right? Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to stay fueled, right? And it kind of goes to where, I mean, when we talk about what I've been doing with my page, it kind of goes to where I'm at with my break, right? Mm-hmm. There's time for refueling. There's time for re-energizing. There's time to kind of put everything aside for a little while and just kind of, because, I mean, we're no good when we don't have the fuel. We're no good when we don't have the energy, right? We oh, can't help crazy. anybody else if we're at a point where we're incapacitated, right? Mm-hmm. That, is, that so. is
0: such a great point, dude. That's such a great point. I just want to pause here for a second. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for being on and, and talking about this very, very important uh, subject and, and allowing me to ask the, co- the questions that, um, you know, some people like might feel uncomfortable about because I appreciate that about you. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. So what's up, Crystal? Good to see you, Laura. Hello. Good to see you here uh Chris saying hygiene we got christina finch in the house <laughs> to see you larry schneider hi guys what's up larry kick-ass larry teresa says head injuries a lot of the same patterns i mm-hmm. think you understand that one definitely mm-hmm. um yeah i mean definitely you have that um uh, christina says anxiety right now out of the blue that's because we're talking about anxiety hey hey don't you love it when people say stop it just give it up don't you just let it go you know i, yeah. I heard people sit there say well just stop doing it it's just like yeah right yeah uh, exactly christina, christina says good job boys thank you i love <laughs> being called boys uh nice show she also said i did 18 years of psw work oh what's psw
1: personal support worker
0: personal support worker oh nice yeah
1: so helping people in their home, um, assisting with, I mean, helping them with their daily activities because they're not able to as well. Yeah. Uh,
0: huh. Yeah. Um, Robert broker in the house. My brother took that the wrong way after I offered my opinion of him hooking up and moving in with someone with three kids in a pool, less than three weeks as a new bachelor. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy. Marlene says it could be that it is not a good match. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. my brother from another mother scott <laughs> Goyette in the house says jump into it jump right. into your health jump into your future jump into the possibility jump into the unfiltered experience oh scott's in <laughs> there saying this um marlene thank you so much for being here thank you guys all so much for being here uh the best thing to do then is to inventory the conversations and the attitudes and the proper boundaries that's right Yes. I mean, when I when I think about what you're saying, and thank you guys all for being here, of course, ask us questions, ask John Guy um, questions. Um, but when I think about it, I think about I, I try to categorize things in, in, in simple terms. And I think about you heard me say it, the victims or the victors. That's right. And I say the victims, you know, because I believe that that is really a choice. You can be, of course, people are victims of situations, victim of fire, victim of rape, victim of child abuse, victim of whatever you want to say. But for me, in my journey in healing myself and working with so many people, not being able to stretch the stretch, um, the people that I have found that are the victims, honestly, and I don't care if anybody turns it off. Are the ones that are choosing to be victims. They're choosing to sit in their their mire. They're choosing to say, "Oh yeah, that didn't work." Without going, you know what? Let me give it my best. Let me really try. Let me go out there and see what else I could possibly do. That when I was when I was when I got diagnosed with ADHD, and I've had a lot of issues with it. And and, and some people would call it a mental illness. And I was like, it's not a mental illness. You know, it's just that my brain is just like this, and I just can't stop it. I'm blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, I sat there and I went through and I started researching all the different opportunities. I started going to therapists. I started doing exercises. I started taking medications, um, trying them out. I started doing all these different practices. Like what do successful people with ADHD do? And I learned different tactics and strategies so that I'm not as bad as I normally would be. So I look at that as that I'm a victim of a situation, but I'm not a victim of my choice to get out of that situation. And my question to you um, because, and I want to talk about the, the support group you do, um, the truth behind the smile, um, where, what makes the difference between somebody who has a diagnosis and chooses to do something different and get out of their own way and still be a, a healthy member of society versus the people who don't, what do you, have you found that there's a correlation, um, between, you know, the way their parents were, have you seen some sort of, some sort of correlation where people identify with it and they get out of their own way and people just sit there and go, Oh yeah, I've got that. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I haven't found a correlation, um, but I think it's a. I honestly think it's a learned behavior. I think what it is is it, learned helplessness.
0: It, is it learned helplessness?
1: I believe so. Okay. Exactly. Is if if it wasn't PTSD, um, maybe that person's been through fifteen jobs as well. Maybe they've. I mean, it could be lack motivation. It could be lack determination. It could be lack um, um, confidence confidence it could be a bunch of things right there's so many things that convolute our minds where we're like that make us think that we can't do things right and that's where the whole mind over matter comes in and that's where the whole train your brain right train your brain to you're in charge of this right yeah i could sit here and be a victim of this or i could start a fucking ptsd support group and i could do something about it right that's the difference Mm -hmm. i tell my group I'm not saying everybody go out and start a support group because it's not the easiest thing to get going. But what I'm saying is do something different, right? So you have PTSD. Okay, fine. Change something you're doing, right? Well, I'm have. i I'm on medication all the time. You know, it makes me sleepy. Okay, fine. Do things at home. Do something different. Change your routines. Change something different. I'm not saying going off your medication. I'm just saying adapt with it a little bit differently right go off your medication no not unless it's directed by the doctor right is there other opportunities is there other things you can do sure if you're sleepy i mean for myself the first few months after being diagnosed i kept working um and then i eventually had to leave my job because it might you just become so overwhelmed and you can't focus you can't get your work done you can't stay on track right so then I'm then I'm at home. And now, like most people would say, well, you know what? It gives you time to it gives you time to think. That's the last <laughs> thing I needed was thinking.
0: I know. I just like
1: no. Yeah, I don't do need to think that. anymore. That's the problem I'm in now, is I'm thinking too much. I don't need to think anymore, right? I need to learn to be stronger than this thing. I need to learn to use it in a different way. Um, because it comes down to It goes back to what you're saying, the victim. I think some people, no matter what it would be, they're always comfortable in the victim situation. And I'm not saying they're looking for pity. Mm -hmm. they looking for support. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's probably a, you know what? I don't have it in me to to fight this. Hey, I've been there. I've been there. But I'm going to tell you what, for the people that are watching, if you don't have it in to fight it, it's going to be really shitty because I've been in the situation where I didn't have me in to fight it. And if you don't go get the help you need, don't worry. You're not going to be here to fight it anymore. I'm sorry. It's, it's a very touchy situation, but when you get to the point where you're at the bottom and I've been there a couple of times, but that's when people need to step up and that's when people need to, use the last ditch effort they have and get into the doctor, get into the hospital, get in somewhere. Because, I mean, for myself, that was where the truth behind a smile was created. It was created from my mental health fucking room in the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. I had a sheet of ideas all jotted down. And I'm like, what can I do? I can't let this thing consume me. Right? And it, it's it comes down to Like I said, being stronger than this.
0: Mm -hmm. Being strong. Yes. I mean, that's why I have this tattoo on my arm. It says, What doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. Mm -hmm. I went out permanently inked it on my arm. Yeah. So that I can sit there and tell people like, Chris, people like, Chris, you don't understand. You've got it all figured out. You're always so positive. You have all the answers. You're so happy. You're so energetic. You're so enthusiastic. I'm like, You see me um 100th of the time that i'm alive and you're making something right. about when I mean, you see my course yeah i mean for the most part i am a very happy energetic person however it doesn't mean that i don't have the opportunity to go zooming down my rabbit hole mm-hmm. and cause myself all these these um physical responses anxiety stress you know And which can lead to, okay, I'm gonna go do short term gratifications to ignore my problems. I'm gonna go have a drink. I'm gonna go have some pizza. I'm gonna go, you know, shop or I'm gonna go, you know, play sports or whatever it is. You know, I'm gonna, okay, I'm not gonna deal with that. Like you said, sweeping it under the rug. Um, You know, but ultimately, I look at it this way, you know, life is a series of tests and opportunities. And I believe that life is a chapter, like in a book. And so you're gonna go through various tests. And opportunities just like you would in a school book or anything else you're going to read the chapter you're going to do the work you're going to pass the test you're going to go on to the next phase scott and i were talking recently and he uses the analogy that life is like a video game and there, there's a predestined ending to that video game and it's up to us when we make those decisions as we're going through life am i choosing to go through the am i constantly choosing to do the same thing over and over again expecting different results which what you said is insanity um talk to us a little bit about you know the truth behind the smile group and some of the success stories that have come out of that and what have been the key points as to why those people have been successful
1: i'll do that but first i want to add to yours and scott's thing about life and about it being a chapter and about it being a video game and i look at it i look at it as a a different way as well i look at it as though our journey you gotta be careful what you're doing and you gotta be careful with the effort you're putting into it and make sure that you're doing it because you're probably writing the instructions for another person's journey. You're probably laying out a line. You don't realize it. And it could be years down the road, somebody goes, hey, I have PTSD as well. Can you give me a hand? You know, And you're like, hey, I know what to do, right? I did this five years ago, right? But you always gotta be one step ahead of it. And you gotta be... I do all my support as if somebody's looking at me, somebody's watching me and they're like, I'm keeping tabs on you, Jungi. You know, I'm making sure that, you know, you're following the right regime, right? There's no right or wrong. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is I try to give, you know, 110 to everybody that's willing to help themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Because I can't do it for them. I can give them all the tools I know and throw it at them or one at a time and throw it at them. But it comes down to it, you know, yourself with coaching. Um, it's if you put all your energy into it and you keep putting all your energy into it and it's just bouncing off, it's not helping you. It's not helping the other person. Mm-hmm. And like we said too, um one of, one of the girls in, or one of the ladies in the, in the chat here tonight said, sometimes it's just not a right fit. Sometimes it's just not the right mix right um so getting on to, to the truth behind the smile what happened is the truth behind the smile started as a Facebook page like I said a few minutes ago I got the idea whenever I was in the hospital because I thought you know what I don't know anybody with PTSD at, at first I knew in a couple people just through talking but I'm like the page really started as a way for me to meet more people, a way for me to talk to people and to get more information about PTSD, because I had read all the not all the books, but all the books said the same thing. All the signs and symptoms said the same thing. I was like, OK, the doctors know what they are talking about, but I need to talk to real people. I need to talk to the people that are experiencing it. Right. And my doctor was the first one to say it. He's like, he's like, really? He's like between you and I, he's like, you're teaching me more than the books on my shelf are because you're living it the books tell me black and white that's all they tell me right but he needs you need to speak to the people that are living it so truth behind a smile started as a facebook page it grew and grew and grew and grew um in 19 in september sorry in the summer of 19 um i started realizing a lot of people that were coming to my page were like i said earlier were not in emergency services they weren't military personnel they weren't anything along those lines they were just everyday, just like you and I, everyday people that didn't have a job that related to their trauma, but they were experiencing trauma. So I talked to my city uh, or somebody in the city. I talked to council. I talked to the mayor. I tried to develop a program. Um, Unfortunately, that didn't pan out very well because as you and I both know, cities don't like to talk about their problems very often. And they don't (laughs) like to talk about their, you know, their their, or their city, I guess I'm looking for the wrong word, but they don't like to talk about their, their people that way. They don't like, they don't like to show that they have problems. Mm-hmm. So I went a different route. I just went to the mental health unit and the people that there's an organization here that looks after a couple different townships, a couple of different counties. And I went to them and I said, this is what I'm doing. I have a Facebook page. I want to start a PCT support group. And the guy leaned back on his chair. This was the president of the, of the unit. And he leans back on his chair and he says, there is nobody in a, I, I'm just going to make up a number because he told, I'd give you the area, but it wouldn't make any sense to anybody. But he said, there is nobody within a 200 mile radius that is speaking about PTSD. There is nobody what? around here. No way. Because first of all, nobody wants to do it for free. <laughs> That's the problem right? It becomes a position and becomes a staff position and they don't want to pay somebody to do that job. Right? So I'm like, you know what? I'll do the job. He's like, I will give you a room and you can hold a meeting here once a week and you can run your group out of my office. Wow. said, perfect. Sounds great. And he says to me, and, and this is where we lay down the the, the plan for, for success, right? He says to me when he's leaning back in his chair and he says, but I'm going to tell you one thing. When you have to leave this place because your group is too big, remember us. Hmm. Remember where you started. I said, I'm not going anywhere. Like, this is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm doing my groups. This is where I'm going to be. Right. Well, eight months later, I had to move because oh, really? I maxed out the 13 spaces in that room per week and I had to move to a larger facility because we were getting too many people coming every week. Good problem to have, bad bad problem to have at the (laughs) same time, right? There's too many people out there that needed help. Um, And that was just the people that were coming forward. So we moved to a different facility. Well, I went under another umbrella and started working with another organization who gave me the space, gave me the room. You know, we started putting 18, 19, 20 people a week in that room. Wow. And I was like, this is great, but we've got another problem now. Not everybody's getting a chance to speak because there's too many people, right? And so then we we kind of did a couple different things. We, we got a lot of outpouring and a lot of... Um, great feedback from a city about half an hour from us so we started another support group so we started another in another town so i was juggling between two different support groups right and you know when i come back in january in late january to what i've been doing um we're probably going to be starting another one up in another small town so it grows and i had somebody sit down with me and they were um they sat at a different level of this organization and they're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, what do you mean I want to do? This is great. This is exactly what I want to do. She's like, well, you have a problem. You can't run every support group that you have. You can't physically do that. You can't put yourself out there four days a week, five days a week and run all your support groups. I'm like, Oh, so what do you think I should do? She's like, we have to decide. Do you want PTSD, the truth behind this smile to be this big or do you want it to be this big? Wow. What do you want? <clears throat> I'm like, well, of course I want it to be this big and help all kinds of people. She's like, then you're going to need to learn to let go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice. I'm like, that was the hardest advice to take, to right. let somebody else. And I mean, I've done it with my page, you know, let other people kind of take the reins, let other people kind of guide. And I've got great people in place right now since I'm off, right? I got good people That between you and I is probably the hardest thing I've ever had. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do because you know yourself, this is your baby, right? This Mm -hmm. is your thing. And and to let other people kind of help you steer it. But as this one person told me, they said, you either let other people help you or you stay the way you are for the rest of your life. This is the way your group is going to be. This is going to be it. So Mm -hmm. you either become a wings of change kind of support group or a, you know, uh, an AA for PTSD or whatever you want it to be. Right. Or you just have a group in Stratford and that's all you're ever going to do. Mm. Right. So, so my mm. idea, yes, is to, is to expand it and to keep going and to put people in those places that I can just give them the tools that, I mean, that I know the things that I do right and let them do the same things. I mean, obviously there's some, some teaching behind it. There's some coaching behind it. Um, but, This is just stuff that I learned as well. If I can learn it, other people can learn it as well, right? So that's kind of where the truth behind the smile went. Obviously, we've done some other things. The truth behind the smile has kind of taken me to, you know, podcasts such as yours. I've done other podcasts in mental health down in the U.S. I mean, I've um, done, I've got a really awesome, somebody, uh, my first newspaper article was a half a page, Wow! Right. It was a nice half a page. I wasn't expecting that, um, but it was a half a page. And one of the people that had followed me from the beginning um, showed up at my apartment door one day, and uh, they're like, "We have something for you." And the guy had placked it for me. No way! And it sits behind my office desk. Yeah, and oh, uh, you know that's, that's something bad. that that's something that I was like, "Wow!" You know what? It it gives you a different feeling when you know that it's it's just as important to somebody else, right. As it is to you. Right. And you know, and you know that, you know what, I think I do touch people once in a while. Right. You know, you, you, you do this job, right. Or you do the advocacy and, and you talk to people and you talk to all kinds of people and you do the podcasts and the radio shows or whatever. And you're like, you tell the same story, right. You tell, talk about the same tools, you do the same thing and, You're like, oh, you know, this is just what I do, right? And then once in a while, somebody knocks on your door and hands you something, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm doing it for the right reasons, right? Mm -hmm. You know you're doing it for the right reasons. But, uh, no, the support group is, I mean, would I like to be in, you know, 20 cities? Of course I would, right? Who wouldn't want to be there? Who who wouldn't want to? And, you know, I get a lot of people that ask me, you know, where'd the name come from? Why the name? You know, or Mm -hmm. where'd you take it from? Whose name is that? Why'd you use that slogan? Really? And and I'm like, it just came to me, (laughs) right? It just came to me. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, the truth behind the smile. Because with PTSD, I love it. You're fake as fuck, right? You're. This is it. Not for me, Mm -hmm. obviously, but this is it. You can hide so much, right? And what we get down to is, yeah, the truth behind the smile. But behind the fake smile, what is going on? I think and that's, that's what we good. focus on. Right. And that's kind of where it's kind of where the name came from. And the name came to me, obviously in the same places where the page came, but
0: yeah, it's all, it's all happening for a reason. I mean, it's all, it's all part of your story. It's all part of your journey. It's all mm-hmm. part of what you're supposed to be here advocating. Just like me, just like all, yep. we all have messages and purposes that we're supposed to be here, advocating and learning and, and teaching and sharing. That's why I put that tattoo on my head. I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't go be, I can't go back and be a victim. I can't go back and be, I, because otherwise you know i have the belief that i'm going to come back in the next lifetime and have to learn these lessons anyway so for me it's about just that constant progression that's why when people sit there and say you know chris you talk about being unstoppable what does that mean like unstoppable is super easy it's just don't stop you have to keep going no matter what it is you're gonna get through it the bad days the bad weeks do not mean a bad life a bad year does not mean a bad life two years ago i had two years where i was like people probably wouldn't recognize me. My attitude was bad, but even I knew at that time, I took a break from coaching. I didn't coach cause I can't do that if I'm not being congruent. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, I'm so thankful that I'm going through this shit because I'm going to figure it out. I know I'm going to figure it out. And when I figure it out, I'm going to go help other people go through that same stuff. Like leaving my corporate career last year, I've had more people reach out to me like, Chris, I want to do that. How do I do that? I'm like, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Um, I want to touch I want to touch on something really quick because I want to respect everybody's time. I know you're in you're in Canada. What and I did a, little, did a little bit of research on this, and I'm very keen on your perspective on this. Psilocybin has been shown in very effective in a single dose for not curing PTSD, but I guess really shifting the body's chemistry and the mind's perspective on trauma. What is your what is your knowledge of that? Do you have any knowledge of, of that of the studies that are going on right now? Um
1: effective. I have some, I've been doing some reading on it, obviously, while I've been off. Um, My kind of like, kind of like legalizing cannabis, kind of like medication, kind of like everything else. If it works for you, go ahead. Do what works for you, right? My problem is, and this falls in line with, obviously, the medication and um I use some other methods for a while just to kind of put myself away, right? Just to kind of try to forget and try to get through the day, right? Because like we said, when your brain's functioning on, you know, 200%, you there's not a lot you can do. You are so mentally drained when you feel this way. But a lot of these things, my, my, my opinion on what you talked about and using these different tools, I guess, or these different methods. I'm afraid that it's only temporarily tricking us.
0: Hmm.
1: It's only temporarily it's it's not, it helps you get through the day, just like the medication. It helps you get through, but unfortunately you need to use that in conjunction with other methods. You need to go to a counselor. You need to see the doctor. You need, you can't sit there and get high every day and think it's going to stop. Because that's, that's the part that bothers me. And a lot of people get stuck with, well, I need my cannabis. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you need that much? Do you mm-hmm. really need it? <laughs> or are you just used to it now? And that's what's getting you through every day, mm-hmm. right? Because believe you me, I used the stuff as well years back. I was using it to kind of cope. But I got to the point where I was like, it's too easy. This is too easy right? I need to do the work. Mm-hmm. I need to still do the work. And that's what I'm afraid of is take the medicine, do do whatever it takes to get you through the day. But all of these things come at it. Some of them come at a price, but all of these things come as it's just one thing in your toolbox. You need to add the other three or four as well to make it, to make it work.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, not I mean. a big,
1: I'm not a big believer in the medication side of it either, only because Me neither. it doesn't, it only helps, it only gets you through the day. That's all it's designed to do. It, it doesn't help the symptom, you. Not the cause. That's right. right. I mean, right? that's and, always
0: been a problem with medication.
1: It and I'm sorry, it, it just treats the symptom and people get caught up and they're like, well, I, I need my medication. You're right, you probably do. But the medication mm-hmm. isn't going to fix the PTSD. It's not going to help it at all. Yeah. It's going to help you Stay at a level where you're focused, so that you can work on it. Absolutely!
0: Wow, Zhangyi, I we could sit here and talk for probably another two <laughs> hours on the subject. I mean, I, you know how much I love mental health and issues, and helping mm-hmm. people. And I, I love your heart, and I love your perspective. And the truth that you talk about, man. I mean, you talk about, hey, listen. If you really want help, if you really want to change your outcome and change your surroundings, then you have to do different stuff. You have to put together a program that's going to help you deal with the triggers, deal with the aftermath, deal with the the unexpectedness. Um, I know people are going to want to continue the conversation with you. Where can they get a hold of you, man?
1: Um, you can go over to my Facebook page. Um, I do a, obviously we have the uh, messenger set up there. So at any point um, they can message me at PTSD, the truth behind the smile. Um, I can get all the messages from there. I got an email as well, but easiest way to get me through Facebook. So, and I've got good people that, um, I've got good people lined up as well that can, that are learning the tools and they can help as well. But I know that they'll feel comfortable passing it along if, if there's something that they can't, Obviously, they can't help with.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I, I, I want to, I want to encourage another point too, real quick. It's we could probably go off on the deep end, and I'm putting the uh, Facebook group in here in the comments, mm-hmm. uh, so you guys can all see that. Um, is that you know one thing I learned in my health and my growth, seeking out medical attention, seeking medical advice, is that I've seen probably twenty different therapists, psychiatrists, you know, different medical professionals related to mental health and my growth and, and processing uh, trauma in the past. And the one thing that I have found that I really emphasize to people is the fact that, you know, people say, Oh, I've been to the doctor before. Okay. How many doctors you go? I went to two. Well, sometimes <laughs> you may need to go to six different doctors. I mean, I used to go to therapists and I'd be, I'd walk out of there helping them. I mean, I'd walk out of there- <laughs> them. They were trying to help me and like, Oh, thanks for coming by. And I'm like, yeah, you're good. But nah. you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta find the solution. You have to go out and have that perspective. Um, dude, I can't thank you so much. I mean, we've got some great comments in here. Um, Marlene says, I am clear to say that I recognize my own PTSD and my protections and reactions. It is something that it took a long time to separate from what the present really is. Awesome work. Awesome work. It is really It's really hard to leave an ingrained and familiar reality, even though it is not safe from Mm -hmm. a survival's point of view. To teach the discernment of the soul's choices is detailed process; can't skip the steps. Absolutely, Marlene, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know that you're a fellow coach. um, You know it's um, it's it's crazy. Christine says, "Ellie, music as needed through the pain clinic." Uh, I do have meds because it was all we could do. I wish I didn't have it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I, people get, su- people get surprised when I tell them I was on Zoloft two years ago. Like what? I was like, yeah, my, my therapist said, you know, you, she always said it for like a long time. I would see her periodically. And she goes, Chris, just take, a, just take the smallest amount of Zoloft. I'm like, I'm not taking that shit. I'm not taking that shit. And one day I was like, you know what? why not? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. And the God's honest truth, this is my thought on medication is the God's honest truth is I, I was like, I'm, I'm against it. And then I'm like, I'm only taking the smallest, smallest dose. I didn't hardly feel anything, but I, what I started noticing is I was a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. And I was a lot calmer. And then I started kind of getting apathetic. I was still calm. I, mm-hmm.
1: was good.
0: I wasn't anxious, but I stopped care. My, it took away my, my sense of urgency, my sense of passion, my sense of, okay, we got to figure this out. We got to fix this. I was like, mm, okay, I'm fat and happy now. And I was like, <laughs> and I was, and I, and, and I used it and I needed it at that point. I did it for about six months. And I was like, you know what? I miss I miss this. So now what I have to do is I have to incorporate a few other things to make sure that I don't that I don't have to be on Zoloft again. So meditating, like you said, I got into meditation. I started mm-hmm. listening to binaural beats. I started going for walks. I started everything to like, okay, what do I need to do to calm myself in that situation? So, yeah, it is there. Um, Guys, I really encourage you to, to connect with Jean-Guy. He's a massive massive heart, massive intelligence, massive passion. Um, dude, I know we're going to continue the conversation more in 2021. Um, I can't thank you enough. I'm going to send you backstage and I'm going to close out the show and then we'll talk a little bit before um, I end it. But thank you once again. Right. For being on. Thanks it's for the having me, Chris. We've been talking for an hour. <laughs> Hang on one sec, brother. Hang on one All sec. Right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, 59 minutes and 56 seconds. I'm really trying to keep these under an hour. You guys know I love to talk. You goes, you guys know I love asking questions and, and the real purpose of all of this is to bring you guys the information is to help you shift your perspective. Now, what jean and I are talking about, we're not talking about taking a position and going, okay, I no longer have PTSD or I no longer have trauma. All we're saying is sitting there saying, going, okay, what can I do tomorrow a little bit different to make myself feel better? What can I do the next day to make myself a little feel better? What can I do the next day and the next day? And you take little micro steps and you have that viewpoint, one of the best things you could do is obviously take care of yourself. It blows my mind when I talk to people who are, who are dealing with different issues. And I'm like, are you taking care of yourself? No. Okay. Number one, how much water are you drinking? I'm not drinking any water. What do you drink? I drink soda, a little bit of coffee. I'm like, okay. How many times a day do you go to the bathroom? I don't know, two, three times. I'm like, okay. Um, how's your sleep? Oh, uh, not very good. Now, yeah. okay. what's your, what's your nighttime ritual? Like, oh, I'm on my phone. I'm on my, okay. How about, how about this? How about we take care of the foundation and we start hydrating and then we get a little bit of exercise. We make sure we get good sleep. We start putting good things into our brain. We start focusing on what we're grateful for. We start making a difference in the world in a positive way with whatever we can do, whether we're smiling at somebody saying hi to somebody, mentoring somebody, donating something, and we build that foundation that way. That's how I have done it. That's how I've done it. Brick by brick, moment by moment, decision by decision, getting through the mud, getting through the quicksand, figuring it out, having that unstoppable tenacity, that passion to say, you know what? I don't care. Whatever diagnosis you give me, I don't care what you put in front of me. I don't care what I have to go through. I'm going to get through it. I'm not going to find any wall or any challenge that I'm not going to be able to, to go through. That's why I put this on my arm. What doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. You have to have that mindset. But like Jean-Guy said, and I have experienced personally, it's one of the biggest learning lessons I had to go through in my life was just because the teacher shows up and just because the teacher is ready to teach doesn't mean the student is ready. And that all comes up to you. That all comes up to you. Either you deal with your situations and you deal with your issues and you deal with your problems now, no matter what they are, if they're related to PTSD, they're related to money, they're related to, to relationships, they're related to infidelity, to, to addictions, whatever it might be. You have to look at yourself in the mirror every single day and say, Hey, is today the day I'm going to deal with this? If not, hey, that's okay. That's one more day that you could look back on the rest of your life and go, shit. Wow, where did the last 10 years go? Yeah. Oh, where did my life go? I spent my life sitting there being a victim when I could have been out there living, you know? Guys, you have to ask for help. You have to ask for assistance. You have to reach your hand out. Say, Hey, listen, I don't have it right now. I don't got it. I need some help. But guess what? As soon as I get some help, I'll be the first guy that's going to be raising my hand and saying, Hey, come on. Like Jean Guy said, you know, come help the person out of the hole. We all have to do that together. And it takes that responsibility. It takes that, that perseverance. I mean, I can show you my books all over the place. I have committed to that. I still commit to that every single day. I have a coach. I have accountability partners. I have mentors. I do this every single day. I work on myself. It is a constant work in progress. You're never going to get to a spot where you're like, Oh, well, I'm glad that's over. Now I can relax. Never. It's never going to happen. You're constantly going to be challenged. This is life. I was talking with my mother-in-law, who's living with me right now, earlier today. We we're talking about age. She's 78 years old, and I'm like tripping out. I'm going to be 52, and like, oh my god, this is going. And she goes, yeah. As you get older, it just it's crazy. You know, your your windshield starts becoming your rear rearview mirror, and you start realizing the things that you recognize are are fastly going away. And I don't want that for you guys. I don't want you guys having regrets. You guys see my Facebook posts. I always talk about no regrets, right? What are you going to do today? What can you do tomorrow? And what can you commit to? And first and foremost, make sure the people in your life are supporting you. They don't want you to be a victim. Of course, we sit there and say, misery loves company. Stop being around miserable people and you won't be miserable either. I love you guys. Hey, we're coming up on the end of 2020. Um, I can't say enough great things about you guys. I sh- so so massively appreciate you. Mark Gasser, what's up, Chris? Marlene, Mark Rodriguez. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Mark says, Christopher Rosh, keep on bringing the fire, brother. We appreciate you are a value creator. Yes, thank you, brother. I so appreciate you. Uh, Marlene Sanchez says, Me nom- si no sino me mata mi hase invincible. Yes. That's my Spanish. <laughs> I kind of suck at that. Angel, what's up? Angel, have a great evening, Chrismer and Jean-Guy. Thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you guys. Uh, Robert Broker, you are awesome. Thank you so much. I love, I go back and read your comments and I do comment on them. Thank you so much. Um, and stay, uh, hey, stay kick-ass. Look at 2021 as an opportunity for you to bust out. Look at 2021 for an opportunity for you to break old habits and old cycles. That starts with a decision. That starts with a commitment. That starts with an investment in the fact that you're going to do things differently. Start tomorrow. Don't wait until January 1st or January 3rd. Start tomorrow on investing in yourself and being yourself. And if you need any help, of course, you guys know what I do. I'm the No Excuses Coach. I got group programs. I got singular programs. I got all sorts of stuff. If and when you're ready, that's what I offer you guys. All right. I love you guys. Stay kick ass, stay classy, have a Merry Christmas, have a happy new year. I'm still going to be here next week. Um, next week, where are we at? So today is the 22nd. So the 29th, um, yeah. Tell me what you want me to do on the 29th. What kind of show do you want me to do? Um, do you want me to have a guest? Do you just want me to, I'd love to have all you guys on here. That'd be fun. But anyways, I got to run. I love you guys. Stay unstoppable.